Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in. This is the inaugural DeWindy City Podcast. Kevin Kaduk is here. He writes the Midway Minute, which I'm going to read from your Twitter, Kevin. A free daily newsletter that you should subscribe to if you like Chicago sports. Check out midwayminute.win. You couldn't get the .com, huh? I could not get the .com, but .win is good. And you start your day, you get all your Chicago sports news, you win the day. It's a, And you know what? I, I love it. W-I- W-I-N. I'm, I can actually spell win here. This is amazing. Cubs win, Sox win, Cub- Bears win. Right. I mean, it's a victory. Yeah. Win and victory. Right. You're winning when you read the Midway Minute. <laughs> yeah, I, I forget. that's exactly how it is. So, I mean, you read the, read the description, that's what you get. Midwayminute.win, right. free daily newsletter. And you're a longtime Yahoo Sports guy transitioning, making a major move here, that's starting right. your own deal. I like to, uh, hey. The little man is my guy, and you're not the you're the little guy, but you're the little guy right now. You just started this thing, so congratulations. That's right. I started up at the beginning of February, which is you know a very hot time in Chicago sports. Lots of things happening, but the great thing is is that uh, I've been able to try a few things out, build my audience, and it's gotten a great response. People are are reading it. Um, they're saying, hey, this is a great, you know, it, it, it takes a lot longer than a minute to read. So maybe two or three minutes. It, you, do, you do a great job. Midway three minutes doesn't. Uh, yeah, Midway three minutes dot com was also taken. Well, three That's actually not a bad idea. But <laughs> let's just keep it. I think you want to go with a soft sell there. Just it's only okay. a minute. Just get in there and then people will be like, oh, I can actually commit more. But uh, I, so this is a huge moment, I think, in the mm-hmm. Midway minutes history that you are the inaugural guest on the De Windy City podcast. I appreciate that, and I appreciate you uh, having me in here. Yes. Well, and thank you so much for coming in. We're going to actually, we're, uh, and I feel bad because mm-hmm. um, we're going to start with the coronavirus. <laughs> and and uh, so, first of all, I'm freaked out. Are you freaked out? No, you know but I usually work from home. And so then I, I came in here, and you gave me the elbow bump, and I was yeah. like, like we were Jose Canseco and, uh, so, and Mark McGuire, which is cool. Well, and I'm trying to protect you, and I'm like, I'm at least like five percent concerned that yeah. I have it. So I was out at Northwestern on Saturday, okay. final home game for the Wildcats, huge win, got to three and seventeen in the conference as they were able to take out Penn State. Places go nuts. They crashed the court, by the way. Did they crash the court? Northwestern and Penn State. Like I thought it was actually a low moment in Wildcat history. Right. You know, you just you went to the tournament a couple of years ago. Now you're crashing the court for a win over Penn State over a football school. Right. Yeah. Who finished eleven and nine in the Big Ten, yeah. but it's been a rough season for the Cats. Uh, two wins over Nebraska in the conference. Well, Penn State was in the top ten a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, yeah. they've lost like 100 in a row. But anyway, so but so um, it, it was a, you know senior day, mm-hmm. so all these guys who were on the tournament team were in the building. So I see Derek Pardon, who's one of my favorites, and you know great center, hit the shot against Michigan, which basically yeah. sent him in the tournament. The long court feed from Nate Taphorn. Here's Derek Pardon. I go up, I shake his hand. He's got a he's got a cast on. I'm like Derek, will you come on at halftime? Because that's my role on on the broadcast. Yeah, absolutely. So I you know I sit down with him. So so mm-hmm. what what have you been doing this year? Well, I was playing ball in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like what? 
You were? Oh, uh, well, when did you get back? I got on the last plane out of Italy. <sighs> Coming back here, I'm like, oh, dude. And, and uh, so you just went straight to the bathroom and started right. I, I mean, your I've, hands, I've washed yeah. my hands eight thousand times. Okay. But he's, he's he's getting the headset for Joey Meyer, who's in his sixties, who's not in the greatest form of health. Like I'm, I'm like, oh my god, oh no, this, this is terrifying. And now. You know, I, got, I mean, I feel like I had a little headache right now. So are you like normally a hypochondriac? Yes. Okay. Yes, I am. And, 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 and now it's like everyone's denying that this thing's going on. I mean, here, Le- Le- LeBron James, we'll, we'll play what he had to say. Mm-hmm. Le- LeBron won't play basketball in an empty stadium. This might be the worst moment of LeBron's career. Cool. We play games without the fans? Yeah. No. I ain't playing. <laughs> I ain't got the fans in the crowd. That's what I play for. Play for my teammates. Play for I play for the fans. That's what it's all about. So if I show up to a arena and ain't no fans in there, I ain't playing. So they can do what they want to do. Dude, it's not all about you. <laughs> I mean, you, I, I get it. You want the fans there. They motivate you. But wouldn't you rather keep yourself and your teammates healthy? And by the way, the fans in the stand at the same time. Am I missing something? I mean, you would think so, but it is such just we've never crossed this this road before in sports. I mean, the White Sox and Orioles played before in empty Camden Yards a few years back because of the violence in Baltimore. But now you're talking about either playing in front of an empty stadium or just canceling things outright. It's it's really crazy. Yeah, it, I mean, okay, it's a crazy time, and 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 let me throw Gino Ariyama here, the greatest coach <laughs> in the history of women's basketball. But apparently, like. Just not rational. Gino, what, what, what are you talking about? The conference has a policy that you can't shake hands after games. Well, we did today. Our men played Houston the other day. They sweated on each other for two hours, and then they weren't allowed to shake hands. We shook hands today. <laughs> I ain't worried about it. Our assistant, Sarah, her son is a wrestler. They wrestled for I don't know how long on this dirty mat. And they go, no shaking hands. I mean, come on. Israel, uh, don't get me started. So you're telling me that you couldn't just do like an elbow tap or 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 a, a little foot thing? He's Gino Ariyama, man. What, what he says goes. He owns the state of Connecticut. Uh, you own a state, you can shake people's hands, I guess. I, I, just, I don't know. Okay, how's this? I don't get the whole handshaking thing, period. Like, uh, yeah. Like, like, if I'm... If I'm in, I, I am fully on board uh, for society fully transitioning to fist bumps. My my little kids, they love the fist bump. They the the bump, then they explode. I mean, I, I feel like a hug is is almost less personal than a, than a handshake. Handshake, we're skin yeah. to skin. Like if I give you a little hug, you know, yeah, we had some contact there, but I'm touching your back. You're wearing a shirt. It's, right. It's it's not. <laughs> what, what, and it also and, it and I and I enjoy, and so like, fist fist bumps return to the Bash Brothers. Right, we're all set. Yeah, all right. Jose and Seiko, Mark McGuire ahead of their time. I, I don't know where we're going here, but <laughs> do you do you think that? Uh, I mean, if you had to bet right now, the NCAA tournament. I think so. I think it happens. You do, yeah. With with fans, it's ah, so crazy. There's so many different things. A Big Ten tournament is coming up this week. They said they're yeah. they're going ahead. Okay. Uh, obviously, you have the, the NHL and NBA playoffs coming up. That's a whole different thing. The Olympics. That's a whole another fish to fry. 
Yeah, I mean, are you are you going to Tokyo? I am not. I mean, we're we no. were trying to go to Tokyo. I don't know if we're actually going to Tokyo. Fan sided. Uh, we're not going to Tokyo. I'm getting shaking. The hunters telling me we're not. So we're not going to Tokyo, and that's got nothing to do with the coronavirus. But if we were <laughs> going to Tokyo, I I mean, I would go. But I, I, I again, I I just it feels very scary. Yeah. All right. Let Let's move into our our Bulls talk segment here. Very rough week for the Chicago Bulls, who. Uh, Denzel Valentine, of, of all people, and by the way, we've got Denzel coming up on the show in a matter of moments. I, I love Denzel yeah. at college in Michigan State, and I, and I do think that he is a, a, a viable ninth guy on an NBA team. But when Joe Colley comes up to you and, he, and, and they ask you about the head coach, like you would think he would steer clear of it, but he didn't. And he's actually said some stuff with me too. But this was before he talked he? to Joe. Yeah. Okay. And but he, but he's saying like Jim's. Well, Jim's got a voice, so he's here now. Mm-hmm. The whole team knows that Boylan is not going to be here next year. So my question is, why not fire Jim Boylan now and put him out of his misery for Jim Boylan's own good? To and, to what end? I is strictly a mercy kill. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well. Look. I, I think for a couple things. Mm-hmm. N- number one, uh, I mean, you don't want the inmates to run the asylum. Right. But in, in this particular case, Laurie Markkinen, who once was your best player, has been reduced to a standstill shooter yeah. who looks like, you know, uh, at at best a bench guy, let alone, you know, a top two player on, on a, on a right. winning team. So I don't know. I, maybe just for the last 20-some-odd games here – 15, whatever it is, 18 left, that you actually get back to playing basketball and the team gets some yeah. feeling of what it actually could be. I don't know who you bring in for these last 20 games where you're going to say, oh, Pax. Put John Pax, Pax on the John yeah, Pax. Okay, that, I like that idea. John, Put them on the sidelines. You want to see what you have. Here's your pieces. You put them out there how you want to see them and see how it works together. Yeah. I, I like that idea. John, John, you were kicking you upstairs at the end of the year. You're, everybody knows this. We're going to have a maybe it's you're going gonna to have be, to do double time for these last last uh, four weeks. So hey, we John can just come on. Hey, we we thank Jim mm-hmm. for his service. Uh, he's done everything that we've asked, uh, but uh, we don't think that Jim's going to be here in the future. Yeah. We're going to let whoever we bring in in the off season make that decision. But for now, uh, I do want to come down and 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 run the last couple seventeen odd some odd games. So if they put uh, Mark Carmen as head coach for the Bulls, what would you do to that these next twenty or so games? So, what, what do you want to see? So okay, and we're going to get to uh, we'll get to Kobe White in a second here, mm-hmm. and and Denzel in a second. Well, first thing I would do is start Kobe White. Okay, and I would let him, and I would and I would be very clear that hey, dude, you are our point guard. I, I want you to work on that skill set more than anything. You could score the ball. You can come down to be a shoot-first point guard all day long. Right. But I want you, the ball is going to be in your hands. I want you to run the offense. That would be number one. Number two, I, you're, number two, Kobe, the main guy that you're trying to get going is Laurie Markkinen. You right. guys are going to run. A, there's going to be a lot of pick and roll between the two of you. I want you to get him on the move. I want you to find him. I want you to get him back comfortable. Mm-hmm. I want you guys to be boys. And when, when Zach Levine comes back from his injury, then I want the three of you working together. Right. And 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 by the way, nobody else on the team matters. You three. <laughs> well, that, you got to get it. something out of Wendell Carter. Wendell Carter has taken a I'm, step back this year uh, when he hasn't been injured. Not worried about him. Though. Okay. Let, let him. That's play a, his that's role. a seven pick. Okay. But I, but yeah. I, but I think that he's fine. Like, so you I, want to build build around Kobe, Zach, and and Markinen. I think that Wendell is like just an excellent teammate who's going to be a yeah. nice, solid. 
you know, Horace Grant slightly, which is know, not nothing, which is not <laughs> right. nothing. It's yeah, a, yeah. That's a, I mean, you know, Horace Grant made, made an all-star team, uh, won four championships. Like yeah. I, I think Wendell can be right there. Um, but here, but let, let's rewind back and bring in Denzel Valentine. So, uh, this was, you know, we started the conversation. I'm about to ask him, how is he looking at the season? Mark Potash of the Sun-Times jumps in here, and he's like, hey, you excited about getting everybody back? So pay attention to how hesitant Denzel <laughs> Valentine's like, I don't give a rat's ass about anyone else. I just want to play. This was Denzel yeah. uh, earlier in the week. How are you looking at the rest of the season for you? What you're trying to accomplish? Um... I'm just trying to just take advantage of every, every opportunity. I'm a competitor, so every time I get an opportunity, I'm going to compete. I love basketball. Um, this is what I love to do, so I, I live for this. So I'm going to give it my all every, every, every game I step out on the floor, and um, we, I think we all expect that from ourselves as a team. Does it you know, is encouraging you that to get an opportunity and to get a season high? You know, obviously that's what you're striving for. If you have, if you have a chance to be out there, you can show what you can do. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, de- it definitely felt good to go out there and and uh, get get my first start, get get a, f- a first uh, start and a win, and then get out there and and, and play pretty well. Um, you know, that that definitely felt good. But it was definitely a team team effort. Um, you know, there was a lot. Shaq was playing great defense. Adam Makoka, Otto played big minutes. Kobe played big minutes. It was a, it was a good team win. Boylan always says you get to play with what you got whenever he talks about the injuries. To, to, to what extent do you guys, if at all, do you look forward to getting everybody back at some point? Um, do you think, it, it, even in the back of your head, do you at least think in those terms if you, can, if you can just get the full group together? Uh, I'm thinking, really, I don't, I'm thinking a day at a time, really. I'm not really thinking about that. Um, I'm just I'm just happy that, uh, you know, that I'm plan and and that uh guys are getting opportunities um it's gonna be it's gonna be cool when we get everybody back because you know it's gonna be a it's gonna be a lot more firepower um so i think it's 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 good that you know guys can show what they do and then when everybody comes back we're gonna have a lot of firepower so we're really talented as a team very good. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. It's a kind of a battle for you to figure out where you're defending. Did you, did you, did you, did you, did you worry that I'm ever going to get an opportunity to really show what I can do? Um, I, I really can't worry about that. All I can worry about is just being ready when my number is called and just making the most out of my minutes. I mean, you know, obviously I want to be a big part of the team and come in and contribute every night and uh, play like tonight every night, you know. But, hey. It's not up to me. Like I said, I'm just being professional and being ready when my na- my, when my number is called. Would you say that your confidence that you belong in this league is kind of, I don't know, cement those Yeah, I definitely think I belong in this league, and I definitely think I'm a a, a major part on a, on a winning team in this league. So I definitely think I belong, and I definitely think I'm a keep key piece to a winning team, definitely. You think that, uh, again, that feel from the Bulls? I don't know what they think. Um, you know, they'll probably make that decision at the end of the year. Um, but like I said, I'm a bull now. I'm appreciative. I'm just going to take advantage of every opportunity I can. But I do think I'm a, a key piece to a, to a, to a
to a, to an NBA team. Yeah, the future of like that probably what's going to happen is to keep you up and down. Just like be able to stay in the moment and grind it. It's 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 I'm you know mixed feelings. You know, it's it's nice where I'm I'm you know dang like this isn't working out. But, you know, but then there's nights where I'm I'm feeling good. It's been a roller coaster this year. It definitely hasn't gone the way I planned. But hey, that's life. You just gotta keep grinding. You gotta keep, you know, having having my faith. I lean on God and just just um, just trust and believe in His plan. Yeah. No one's gonna feel sorry for you. No, nobody's gonna feel sorry for me, and I don't want I don't want no sympathy because at the end of the day, everybody everybody has a story, you know. So everybody has a story. Nobody really cares. Everybody's going through their own struggles and pain. So. Um, you know, it's about persevering. You know, it's about staying humble, staying, staying on your grind, and, and staying mentally locked in and tough. And then hopefully you stand on top of that. Last one, last one. You ever looked at the league? Yeah. There's something to Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a blessing. We live a, a great life, and I have the best job, um, in my opinion. Um, but you know, like I, like you said, you know, it's, a, it's definitely a blessing. Um, I want to take advantage of every opportunity. So Denzel's a restricted free agent at the end of the year. He has no idea what the Bulls think about him. Right. I think he knows he's not coming back here, but he said... In I the, think we know what the, what he thinks of the Bulls. Right, <laughs> right. He's like, hey, man. But he I, I, yeah. he, I mean, he'd love to be where... He'd love to be here if they wanted him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I took, I'm not sure if Denzel yeah. is actually as good as Denzel thinks he is. He's I, always been in a tough spot. I mean, big Big Ten Player of the Year, the man at at Michigan State, probably didn't have the skill set to really make that jump. Doesn't have the skill set to make that jump at the NBA, but a good role player just hasn't gotten the minutes or hasn't really gotten the opportunities. So, you, do, you, do you think he goes on elsewhere and has, has a successful career? No. Okay. But I, but, but if he if he was in the right system, in the right minutes, in the right situation. For sure, I think he, I think he'd be a good serviceable player. Like put him on the Lakers, and LeBron's finding him for open shots. All of a sudden, he looks viable. Why not? Sure, yeah. I'm, I, I like Denzel. Uh, I also like Kobe White. So this this was uh, this was my conversation with Kobe, and you know I, I get into mm-hmm. this whole starting thing, and he, he 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 sort of backs me off, but then I I, I get him in there, and, and and also on on being a point guard. So I kind of poked okay. at the bear here, and and I, and I love Kobe White. Here's Kobe. How are you looking at uh, the rest of the year for you, Kobe? Just to get better. Just to get better. I still believe we can make the playoffs. So uh, we're just gonna come. We're gonna, this March, we're gonna buckle down and we're gonna get some. You know, gonna you know try to get some wins and, and keep going hard and, and, and keep fighting. We're never. This team never gonna quit fighting. So um, I'm looking at it to make the playoffs and, and just me continuing to get better. That's what I've been focused on all season. So basically, until you're mathematically eliminated, there's a chance. Why, why not? Yeah, yeah. Until until we're math, until we can't make it, you know, we still believe we can make the playoffs, and we're still fighting for it. I love that competitive spirit. So that, that you've always had that. I feel like it's yeah, like yeah. I, I want to win. You know, we all want to win. Nobody likes to lose. You know, uh, so you know, we all going to go out there and compete every night, no matter who we're playing, and no matter you know what our record is. Is this the most comfortable you felt uh, with your game at this point, in the, like, as far as the season goes, or is, I don't know, is it kind of sort of plateau where you felt like this for a while now? I just feel like I'm getting better. That's all it is. I just feel like it takes some time to get used to, and I feel like I'm just kept doing what I'm doing, and I know everything will work out for me. Um, kept grinding, kept being able to learn, you know, being willing to learn from anyone or anybody, and I feel like I'm just getting better, and, you know, everything's finally starting to come in place.
hardest thing to get used to it as a rookie in the league? Ups and downs. Uh, ups and downs because your whole life, you know, you always been a man wherever you've been at. Everybody on this team has been a man wherever they've been at. And uh, when you come here in the league, everybody's, everybody can hoop. And, you know, you're not going to always play good every night. And there's going to be a lot of ups and downs for me, which is stand, stand focused on the next game. And uh, at first, I, I had to learn that quickly. Um, I couldn't, can't do it on, on, the, on the loss or on the bad performance. I just got to keep pushing. What do you think about all these radio people saying that Kobe White should be in the starting lineup? I don't pay that no mind, man. Right now, I'm in a good spot where I'm at. I'm in a good spot where I'm at. I'm getting a lot of minutes. That's all you can ask for as a rookie. Um, so I'm thankful for that. And uh, just continue to get better. That's Starting is one of my last priorities right now. Okay. But yeah. if he did put you in the lineup, you wouldn't hate that, right? I mean, nah. Who, who, who wouldn't want to start in the NBA? I mean, 1 through 17 on the, in his locker room would want to start in the NBA. I mean, but like I said, I'm in a good spot right now. My head's in a good spot. I'm in a good space, and I'm just going to continue to keep getting better. What about the playmaking part of it? Like, I'm on these shows, people are like, he's a two-guard. I'm like, no, 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 man. He's his first year in the league. He's a sophomore in college. Like, why would you take that off the table? Yeah. Like, do you feel like you can run the show? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, for sure. But, you know, sometimes I'm the one, sometimes I'm the two, sometimes I'm the three. You know, it just all depends on, on where you're at. I'm playing more one now. Um, but, yeah, I feel like I can definitely play, make, and run the show. Um, especially, I think, that now because teams, you know, are starting to draw to me and I'm attracting a lot more attention. I think tonight I had, like, five or six assists, and I was just making plays, getting to the paint, especially in the second half, just making plays, kicking out, and, uh, you know, just making the right play. I feel like I can, for sure. So if, like, if some coach said, you're like, hey, you, 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 you're just a two, would that, would that bother you? Would that bother me? Yeah, because I feel like I can, I, I'm more than Yep, I feel like I'm more than just a two. I feel like I can be more than just a two. Um, but coaching staff here believes in me, and they believe I can be a one, a combo, a combo one and two. And I feel like that's that's majority. That's what that's what I am right now. Talking about the rookie ones, were you able to shake it at night and be able to get rest, or, or was it keeping you? Was it was it bothering you upstairs? Um, it definitely bothers you at night when you go home, because um, you, you know what you're capable of, and it's not showing the results. And I. It doesn't help that in this in this job field that everyone knows, you know, how you play. Like, in the other job field, you go home, maybe your family knows what happens or, like, you know. But now it's like everyone in the world knows, and you go on social media. And, you know, I don't let social media bother me, but, you know, it, it all takes a toll on you eventually. Right, like a baseball player, it's like he wakes up in the morning and like, how am I going to get a hit today? Yeah. Like, how am I going to put up points? Yeah, yeah. Or it just impact the game. Like, you know, impact the game, like. If I'm not scoring, I'm trying to get rebounds. I'm trying to get assists. I'm trying to get steals. I'm trying to play defense. You know what I'm saying? So just figure, I was trying to figure out ways to impact the game the other way. And I think me going through that wall helped me a lot. So he's on board with coming off the bench. Right. But, yeah, of course he wants to start. And it's not about him, by the way. It's about developing your team. Right. This is your team. One of your, if not he's, your top guy, your yeah. second guy. Why not? Why wouldn't you start? I mean, him? You, you look at the you look at the the box score and Jim Boylan's thing as well. He's still playing thirty five minutes a night, which okay, fine. But starting to obviously a different bear altogether, right? Um, and you want him playing with the guys that right. are he's. You don't want to to space him out with Lowry and Zach. You want him playing with Lowry and Zach, right? And, and seeing if that works. Maybe it doesn't work. Maybe down the line he is a, a bench guy. I, I doubt it, mm-hmm. but. I would think you'd want those guys building chemistry. Am I missing something here? I, I don't think that, that you are. I mean, obviously, it's a lost season. You want to figure different things out. And you say, you know, Boylan, okay, 
uh, we need him for the second wave of players or whatever. But you drafted the guy number seven overall. You don't want that guy to become a second wave of player guy. Like, what's the long-term view here? Right, and... Jim, you can fly it up as a huge successful moment in the career of Jim Boylan. We brought Kobe <laughs> along off the bench. He was only right. he only played one year of college ball. We didn't want to throw him into the fire starting right away. Yeah. Kobe has proven with with how we've brought him along that he is absolutely ready to start, and we're super excited to see how it goes. Rather than kind of digging in and being like we, we like Kobe where he's right. at. That's a great point. He, this is Jim Boylan's maybe one success story. However much right. credit he can take for it, he, you should be taking credit for it no matter what. Right. And the, the thing that I find amazing about Kobe White is he didn't re- really hit that wall. I mean, maybe in, in January, February, he did a little bit, but he was able to fight through that. And the fact that right now he's, he's leading this team and, and you know, leading the teams and uh, scoring every night. To me, that's pretty damn impressive. It, I, I agree, and, yeah. and incredibly likable. And so we'll we'll we'll, we'll see where he. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think we'll see him start this year. Although Boylan on on, on Friday's game before Indiana, he said it's possible. Okay. So may, maybe I don't know last five games or something. And like with, that. with the way with the way the Bulls get hurt, you, you never know either. That, right? That's so. true too. Long live Thomas Sadoransky. <laughs> Could have been Derrick Rose. Iron Tom. I, I, I didn't put that on the on the rundown for the week. All right, let's move on. To your Chicago Blackouts, which is Kevin Kadick's most diehard team Chicago in Chicago team, yeah. yeah. And, the, yeah. and the last three seasons have been a little tough. Uh, a lot of, I've done a lot of just pulling the one goal books off of my bookshelf and just looking at the memories of 2010 and 2013 and 2015 because that's really what's getting us through the through this, these past few seasons. You know, I was laying in bed last night. I was thinking about one. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to make you uncomfortable, <laughs> but I was. I'm thinking about the podcast. Oh, sweet. Kevin's coming oh, in. It's no. exciting. So then I, and I, you know, the black then you off, thought of the coronavirus and it killed the mood. Right. That yeah. was, that was part of it. And then I, and I thought, oh my God, like you won four in a row. You were back in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, in, uh, chase in theory at least mm-hmm. and then you scored one goal in two games against the red wings and the blues and lost them both one Absolutely at home brutal and, brutal and the fact that it came against their their two biggest rivals uh you know even though the red wings are in the eastern conference now still you want to win those games red wings are awful i mean you think the hawks are bad the, the red wings are historically awful they are probably the worst team in the nhl this millennium um to go in there and not even be able to eke out a point is inexcusable and then to really come into a Sunday night game against the Blues on national tele- on national television in front of your home fans. Everyone's going nuts, and you just lay an egg. You're shut out by Jake Allen for the second time this year at the United Center. It's just a real kick in the gut. So I like math as one of the few okay. subjects in, in life that I did okay at as far as you know the mm-hmm. scholastic career. Mathematically, Kevin, they're still alive here. They are. But is, is we have, it, is they've it over? done this so many times over the last three seasons. They win four games, and you get excited, and you say, okay, if they can win these two games at the United Center, they're back into it. And every time, it's like they just pull you through that trap door. And uh, so I, I wrote in today's Midway Minute, I don't care. They could win the next six straight games. I will not believe that they're in the playoffs until game three of the first round. Uh, when the national anthem fires up, because I'm, I've, I'm done 
buying in and, and getting ahead of myself. So I don't believe you. Okay. I think if they win Wednesday night at home against San Jose, <laughs> you're, you're going to there's gonna see there's going to be like just a drop of oh. look look right now uh, as as we speak they are six points out with five teams in front of them for two spots. Right. No, logically you're just spot on. There's just no way. And if if you go to the Athletic and look at their playoff odds, I think going into the weekend before you know before this debacle, they were at like seven or eight uh-huh. percent. And now that now that's got to be down to, to one or two. Um, it's just not going to happen. But you're saying there's a chance. You so this is all you got to do. You win at home versus San Jose. You win at home versus this, Ottawa. You go on the road. You beat the Capitals. This is this is what I did. Be, uh, go on the road and beat the Capitals. That's such an easy thing to do. Go on the road, beat the, beat the Wild, and then come home and beat them back to back. No, yeah, and those Wild games will be important. Maybe if they sweep both of those Wild games, maybe maybe I can talk myself into it. Okay, it's not so happening. so if, okay, so if, oh that's okay. We, they lose to the Caps, but they beat San Jose and Ottawa at home. Even though the Blackhawks have struggled at home all year, you lose to the Caps, then you 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 sweep Minnesota in the back to back. You're mentioning like 20 different things that need to happen, right? And then. All those other teams in front of them like have to lose outright. I mean, there's the, the way that the NHL is, is set up, where you just get points for taking the games to overtime. You know, and you only get two for winning, and you get these th- these three point games be- between uh, competitors. It's just not going to work. All right, let's move it forward. Then, okay, fine. Season's over. Blackhawks are done. <laughs> Close what, the book. What What needs to happen, or what should yeah. happen in the off season? I mean, the the the, the, the dispiriting part about this is is they have so you know they're locked in so, so many big contracts and they have so you know so little to work with they trade away robin laner they try uh trade away gustafson that didn't bring a, a lot of high draft picks that maybe they were hoping for so there's not a lot to build you know build on there and even if those guys even if those were guys were bringing first rounders while well, you're drafting guys that are probably two or three years out so i don't think you know they'll probably come in and they'll, they'll say okay They'll try to sell. This is the year we finally get back, but they've already done that these these past two years, and you know unless Bockfist and 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 Doc really, really really kind of uh, make the jump, it, it's really hard to see who's going to be the youngsters that push like this aging core. Obviously, Patrick Kane is still otherworldly. Taves is still doing what he can do. Keith is, if not a number one defenseman, still very serviceable. But um, the depth just ha- isn't there, and, and they don't have the money to build the depth. Well, Kubalik's a great story, right? Yeah. I mean, but if they go and overpay him because he scored thirty goals and then he pulls he pulls it to brink it, right. well, then you're you know right. Well, uh, so. so he has regressed. But then and, and then Kirby Doc though is a great story too. Yeah. He's, so so they've tried to rebuild on the fly. Right. And I think what sucks about it the most, from my perspective, you've you just teed it up. Duncan Keith. Mm-hmm. Is you know s- squeezing everything out of the lemon right now to, right. to be as serviceable as viable number one defenseman as he possibly can. He's had a great year. Mm-hmm. Hasn't you know hasn't scored some, but he's he's had a really solid year. Yeah. Same thing with Taves. Same thing with Kane. And so yeah, Murphy you, Murphy's been great. He he was a great acquisition. You, it's just you you have your your. I mean, listen, you got three Stanley Cups, so yeah. at the end of the day, it's a, it's a huge celebration. However, you do have these guys who are still like hanging around their primes, and yeah. you're just wasting years. I, I think what ends up happening is I think that Colleton probably will pay the price. You do think they'll, so? They'll sell, say, hey, we tried this. It didn't work. Uh, he's a young guy, um, and I think it's you know they'll probably try to go out and get a veteran coach, whoever that may be, and say, okay, these are the guys who are going to really – this is the guy who's going to reshape this and, and push forward. Um, I don't blame them for trying Colleton. I I do blame them for the way they executed it 
you know, a couple of weeks into the season with Quenville, that, that should have been something that was done over the summer. Um, and I don't think Halton maybe ever got the fairest shake. Um, but if, if the bulls are really, um, outward about disrespecting Boylan, I think the Blackhawks are a little bit more inward. I don't think that they necessarily disrespect Colleton, but I think a lot of them kind of look at this guy and say, he's, he's a young guy. We've, you know, we've won three Stanley cups. What has he won? And I think it, sometimes it's just been a hard sell for, from him to the team. So your prediction is that Stan is back and Colleton is, I think so. Okay. Yeah. All I, right. I, you know, I, I think the Blackhawks value stability in their organization. And I, I think there's something to be said for that. Um, I, I think at one point they maybe kind of fancy that they were going to be the Patriots of the NHL. The problem is, is if you're going to be the Patriots, you have to make Patriots type decisions. You have to be able to say goodbye to, to people a year too early. So whether that been Patrick Sharp, you you can't get, um, you know, you can't just give out these these contracts just because of past performance. Uh, you know, Brian Bickle, what did that do? Um, obviously, this Brent Seabrook contract is something that's going to hurt the organization for a long time. Um, so while I think that the overall kind of general structure of the organization is Patriots-like, the actual execution isn't there. Yeah, uh, well, sentimentality. <laughs> I, I, I can I can relate to it. I, I, st- yeah. I still want – It's uh, tough. It's I, tough. I mean, I still partly want, like, Kerry Wood pitching for the Cubs. Let's actually <laughs> let's actually move on to the Cubs. And mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll start with an old Cub here as we, we, we look forward to 2020 here. Yeah. So – I don't like Chris Bryant leading off. I think okay. that's a, I think that's a terrible idea. He's he's a middle of the order hitter. I mm. like him in the three spot. I'm okay with him hitting two. I wouldn't mind him hitting fourth. Leading him off, one of your best hitters. It doesn't work for me. I don't care what the sabermetricians. So you are don't want him coming up to bat as many times as possible. No, I want him to come up to bat in the first inning, hitting third. Okay, but I, I get it right. He gets the most at bats because yeah. he's your best hitter, all that. But I'm I'm an old school guy. I like right. still like the stolen base. I like a traditional leadoff Which guy. Which Brian can do. He's not good, but yeah, in, in today's <laughs> and baseball, he's, a, he's a great base runner. I mean, he is a great base runner, so. and he's a very willing Chris Bryan. He's happy to do it. Whatever right. David Ross wants, I get it, but. My idea, now this is this is so the Cubs have to you got to look see your future, be your future. The St. Louis Cardinals have this guy by the by the name of Dexter Fowler. Heard of him, right? Yeah. He I believe he led off for the Cubs in '15 when they shocked everybody, beat the Cardinals in the playoffs, yeah. lost to the Mets in the NLCS, and then I believe he had a home run in Game Seven to lead off uh, to start the greatest game in the history. And of him Cubs coming baseball. back in 2016 is is cited as one of the the big. Uh... Right. Impetuses of that that season. I can also go back to 2003 and remember a team that was 500 with Corey Patterson leading off. Then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they go out and they get Kenny Lofton. Yeah. That team takes off. Was up three games to one in the Marlins. They end up obviously the whole thing happened. Right. But but but, but Lofton was a huge part of that. Maybe baseball was different back then. I don't think it was. You still need a <laughs> you still need a leadoff guy. So right. why not trade? Here you go, St. Louis. We're going to give you Jason Hayward who's a better right fielder than Dexter Fowler, who you wanted to keep back in the day, whose numbers are slightly better than okay. Fowler's, who's a great teammate, who helped the Cubs win a World Series with his speech during the 17-minute delay, and you guys can get out of the Dexter Fowler deal. And by the way, Hayward's got two more years on the contract. We will eat, uh, let's, say, let's say, 50% of the money okay. on those years. So we're going to give you a deal. Uh, you'll be paying Hayward under market, mm-hmm. and you give us our leadoff guy back. Jason always belonged in St. Louis. Dexter always <laughs> belonged here. Fowler for Hayward. That's my idea. 
You're laughing. You don't believe in the this concept. Well, I, I, when's the last time the Cubs and Cardinals pulled off a trade? So it was 2007 okay. uh, for a shortstop who never played in the big leagues. But you yeah. can go back in time. There was a Todd Zeal trade with the Cardinals yeah. and the Cubs. The Lou Brock trade. The Lou Brock trade and early Broly. <laughs> that worked out well, well. Let's go back to the 60s. Yeah. I looked. The Cardinals and Cubs have done deals in the past. If it makes sense for Obviously, teams, the Cubs would love to make that trade, depending on how much they'd have to give up for, for Hayward. Because, I mean, Hayward's obviously, you know, Costs some eighteen million dollars a year. But so you're worried about the money now, but we don't have yeah. to worry about the money in two years. Theo's going to be gone at that point. Yeah. You know, you you guys can eat ten million dollars on that on that yeah. on that year's is is nothing. So just eat the money in. Two I, years I don't, I don't see where the 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 Cardinals say, okay, yeah, you know what, we are going to give the Cubs a a lead up hitter. So I appreciate the uh, yeah, the ingenuity okay. there. I just don't think it's happening. All right, you're probably. A thousand percent right that it's not happening. Uh, who who let's 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 ask you the question. Yeah. Who should start opening day? Who do you who do you think deserves the nod to, yeah. to to take the ball for game one? So it's it's a weird thing because there's so much thought put into this one game of one sixty two. It's it, I I love the debate because it's it's largely ceremonial and honor. You know that's. Uh, you want to honor somebody. So John Lester really has been that guy. So you. The thing is to say, okay, well, just give it to John Lester because he's John Lester, right? But you're also setting up the rotation going forward. And I think that when you look at Kyle Hendricks and what he's been able to do the past few years, I mean, he's as dependable as they come. You love watching him pitch. He has ascended to that guy that if you don't have a guy like John Lester, who's probably a handful of a handful of those guys in the in major leagues right now, Hendricks would be the guy. So. I generally I want to give the ball to Hendricks. So I do too. Yeah. And Kyle's saying, well, it should be either Lester and or you Darvish. You Darvish, come on, man. <laughs> he was brutal in year one. Mm-hmm. He was solid last year. Right. But there's no way that he's earned an opening day start. Yeah. The last thing the Cubs need is to start the season with you, Darvish, getting into the fourth inning, and all of a sudden he can't find the plate, and now you're already into your bullpen on day one. Right. It really doesn't matter overall because you have a day off the next day. But this is the way I, it's the way I look at. But, look, yeah. But there's and then there's that you, Darvish mentality. Like I feel like if you put him on the bump on on game one. You know that might be too much pressure for you. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I think Darvish has turned the corner. I think that that he's, he's set up for to have a good season in in twenty twenty. Um, the weird thing about this whole situation is they open up on the road, so then you've got the opening day at home start, which is another honor right. in itself. Right. So start you can kind of, you can kind of pay both uh, both sides here. Well, and it's a huge game against the Brewers up in Milwaukee. I mean, it could set the yeah. tone for the whole season. That's Christian, true. Christian Yelich has got his new deal. By the way, how come no Cubs want to? Uh, Sign a long-term deal here. Chris Bryant saying he's never even presented this. I, I, what, what is the truth here, Kevin? Can you get can you I, figure this out? I don't have any inside info, but obviously, I mean, you look at the White Sox, they've been able to lock everybody up, buy out some years of free agency. Um, the Cubs weren't able to do that. You know, Obviously, they have a little bit uh, you know, stronger representation, but um, it's, it's tough. I mean, the, the, the thing that stands out is, you read the Cubs way and you just re- read about Theo Epstein. Oh, you can find pitchers anywhere. You can find pitchers anywhere. You got to lock up the position players. You got to identify the position players. Well, you identified Chris Bryant, although it was pretty easy to do at the number two pick in the draft. Um, and then you had, um, you know, Javi Baez from the Hendry muse- regime who are two guys you definitely want to, to build around. And the fact that they haven't been able to do this the past few years and lock these guys up as, you know, I, 
Yeah. A lot of it has to do with financial flexibility. Uh, uh, they're, they're up against the cap. A lot of it has to do with the deals that they gave out to Lester and, and Jason Hayward. Um, but you got you have to figure out a way to get these things done. I would have been on the horn, and I, maybe they have been, but like I, I would have just locked Chris in a room. Yo, Chris. <laughs> Sign listen, this. You're, you're a very nice guy. We need you here. Yeah. You've been incredibly successful. You don't want to go play anywhere he else. He checks every single box. Right. And, and it, if he walks, it's just you're going to sit here and say, how the hell did the Cubs let this guy get away? I mean, between him and Rizzo, you know, whenever they get around to building the – you know the the monument to the 2016 team, and I don't know when they're doing that or what, you know where they are with that. It, it seems like it should be coming down the pike, but probably when they build that, it's going to be a statue of Chris Bryant, yeah, throwing it from third, and and uh, Rizzo e- either catching the ball or you know that's the out that won the World Series. Those are your two guys. Those are your two pillars. And I know I just said you can't lock yourself into these you know sentimental deals, but. Chris Bryant is 27. You're not locking this guy up at age 33, 10 years going forward. Right. This is where you need to lock this guy up. This is where you need to pay yeah, him. Just, just sit him down in a room. Just can, <laughs> convince him. To do do something. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like it's going to go Don't that want way. Don't want to let that guy hit the open market. Yeah. All right, let's get the White Sox in here. Yoan Moncada, mm-hmm. who was going to be a free agent in 2023, which right. is not that far away, and had already gotten a you know, $31 million when he signed with the Red Sox in 2015. Right. He gets new management. They ask him, what do you want to do? I want to be a White Sox. And he's, he, he buys out two years of – the White Sox get two years of free agency off the table for $70 million and, and it might be $90 million. That's amazing. And, I mean, there's – I thought that was that was the biggest. I don't know how Rick Hahn has done this over the years. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had Chris Sale on a phenomenal deal. Well, which, yeah, that, that's that, the ironic thing is like the, the the deal that they signed Chris Sale to enabled them to bring back Moncada and uh, and Kopech in that trade, right? Because it was such a team friendly deal, right? And, and I mean, you're talking about uh, in Moncada's deal here, he gets a four million dollar signing bonus, equal installments paid. Uh, 20 to 23 1 million he gets paid this year 6 million in 2021 13 in 2022 mm-hmm. 17 in 2023 and then 24 in 24 uh with a 25 million dollar team option for 2025 so that's a huge amount of money yeah uh but yohan Makata had a phenomenal season last year right and he's 24 years old a lot of guys at that point would bet on themselves, but this guy bet he bet on the White Sox. Yeah. So uh, and he already has thirty million in the bank from uh, that, that he signed coming out of Cuba. So he, he does have that. So, um, but it, it's a great I, I, to me. It's a great deal. You you for, for both sides. I mean, he obviously locked in a lot of money. Um, last year was a breakout season. I think there's maybe some some sort of. Uh, you kind of worry that maybe that you know his BABIP was pretty high. It was 400, which is pretty unsustainable. He hit 315. That's probably not going to happen this year. But even if he doesn't, there's still a lot of value in that contract. He's putting the ball over the wall. Um, he, he's a, a, plus, a plus defender at a premium position. Yeah. So there's nothing not to like about this this extension. That was good knowledge on the, on the, <laughs> on the BABIP. Rick Hahn's been talking about that. We expect some level of regression. Yeah. But just to... Just to re- after, after seeing the Bears regress, like we, we have to acknowledge that regression is a real thing, okay? It's, it's, this, is, this is true. We'll get to them in a second. <laughs> and, uh, and, and our Mitchell Trubisky, who has not actually regressed no because you have to move forward but so chris sale got five years and 32 and a half million mm-hmm. he ended up getting traded from Moncada, kopech 
Luis Basabe might make it to the big leagues at some point, yeah. too, and Victor Diaz. They signed Quintana, five years, 26. They end up turning that into Eloy and, and, Dylan, and, Cease. and Dylan Cease. They signed Adam Eaton, five years, 23 and a half. Mm-hmm. They end up getting Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, and Dane Dunning. Yeah. For Adam freaking Eaton. That's GM of the year type stuff. I mean, now, really, this happened over a, a many, many years stretch, but I mean, you look at Rick Hahn, it's like, man. I mean, you're hot, dude. Yeah. Tim Anderson got a six year contract in March of 2017 for 25 million bucks. Guy just won a batting title. Yep. Uh, Eloy got 43 million over six years. Not a huge commitment. Robert got 50 over six years. Aaron Bummer, this is a great story. Gets 16 million over five years. So mm-hmm. there's a guy in your bullpen that they like a lot, and you're getting, I mean, yep. So, I mean, they're set. The White Sox are set to do this. Now, yeah. it's going to be... Can we just at least mention that he did trade away Fernando Tatis just, y- to, oh, yeah. just to balance things out? That okay. was that was the James Shields deal was, yeah. was, 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 was a loss. <laughs> and, well, to that point, too, look, they had all these guys on great contracts, and right. they did not take advantage of it is right. when they were here. they When you had the flexibility to bring in players around Chris Sale, you went out yeah. and you, you got Adam Dunn and, and company. So that was there was a lot of a lot of yeah, mistakes that, were made. They've they've been able to evolve. That it looks like this rebuild is working. It's it's really funny. It had we've been sitting here doing this podcast last year. Uh, we would be sitting here saying, "Oh, how do they not get Manny Mikado?" And uh, that honestly was probably one of the better things that maybe happened. You know, could have happened to them that they they missed out on. Yeah, I I, I loved that uh, that Machado did not end up here. Yeah. That was a, that was a huge win. All right, so uh, two questions: Who who is in line to get the next White Sox deal? Anybody jump to mind? I mean, Giolito. Giolito. I can't say this name. Lucas Giolito. Giolito. There's just some words that I I just stumble over, which is a good thing that I'm a writer. But I think that Giolito is is a great call, and any yeah. of the, any of the pitchers might be right. Hey, uh, my name's Dylan Cease. I, yeah. I, I, Cease, I think, has to prove it a little bit more. But um, but Giolito, obviously, Kopech is a guy. If he comes out and he's t- you know he's good. Can you sign him to a team-friendly type deal? Because he, he might be the kind of guy who wants to sign something with a little bit more security. I would think any of the young pitchers. Will, and yeah. it'll be interesting to see who the White Sox are going to target there. And mm-hmm. think, you know what, we actually believe in you. That would be a huge stamp approval of approval. I think they're still kind of in a wait-and-see mode to see yeah. if these guys are going to be you, there. You, I mean, you, you allocated a lot of money to, to Dallas Keuchel, Gio Gonzalez. Um, you know, yeah. So... And the White Sox are a team that's never really committed a lot of money to long-term to pitchers. And even the Keiko deal, which is a bunch of dough, but it's only a three-year commitment. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, as far as signing free agent pitchers, they I thought they did really well sure. there. Uh, well, another guy they did well on was the third overall draft pick in 2019, Andrew Vaughn, who oh, – uh, so he's killing it in the, in the spring. Did you, did, he, I put a, a highlight in Midway Minute last week. I don't know if you watched it or not. It was a, it was a single up the me- middle. I did watch it. He ripped it. It sounded like a gunshot. Yeah, it was. It was just amazing. So they're they're in love with Andrew Vaughn and that approach. So here's here's Andrew on how his his spring is going. Yeah, I mean, I've been super excited about the spring. I mean, I've been looking forward to it all off season. Just getting back on the field, uh, getting back in the clubhouse with the guys, and especially getting the opportunity to be in big league camp. Uh, you know, it's my first year of spring and. It's been a pretty amazing experience, to say the least. So you played in the Olympics. You guys finished fourth. You hit 321. That's probably not exactly how you wanted the whole thing to go as far as the team aspect, but what would you learn being a part of it? Um, shoot, I learned a lot. Um, 
especially from all our coaching staff. I mean, we had phenomenal coaches top to bottom. And the guys, I mean, it was a good group of guys. We just uh, didn't pull it out in the end, unfortunately. But we're going to get back on the field here shortly and uh, see if we can't qualify ourselves for the Olympics. Yeah, would you say underachieved over, you know, where you finished probably where you deserved? How are you kind of like looking back at it? Um, I think we uh, we just had some bad turns and we uh, I believe we should have should have won the whole thing. We had a phenomenal team put together and uh, cards just didn't play in our favor. Could have done some things differently, but uh, we get another shot at it, and I think we're going to make the most of it. There you go. So I'm wondering, are you thinking about adding more versatility in where you can play in your game to get you to the big leagues faster? Like, if you start out in the minors, which is obviously going to happen, could you see yourself playing somewhere other than first? Like, hey, I could I could play a little outfield. I could maybe slide over to third. Or, or do you think you'll just play first base? Um, I mean... I believe I'll be sticking mostly to first base, but I've been taking ground balls all over the infield, just keeping my foot, feet working. Uh, Super Joe's been helping me out a lot, and it's uh, it's really helped my game improve. And I just want to do anything I can, just help the team win and move on from there. Joe McEwing took ground balls at and fly balls at every single position before every game he played in the big leagues. Has he told you that? Because that is an insane daily preparation that he did. I don't know if he's trying to lean you into that. Super Joe. I mean, the name says it. Uh, I actually did not know that. It's a good fact to know. Yeah. Super Joe is exactly right. Let's underline the super here. So do you feel like you're ready right now, Andrew? Would you say that? Um, I mean, coming into spring, I've, I just kind of came in with an open mind and I just put my head down and all I want to do is play. So I mean, that's the goal from here on out is just play as hard as I can, give everything I got, and just do that and see how the cards play out for me. Right. But when you, as you, you know, and it's spring, so, you know, it's not the middle of the season. You've gone through ups and downs, and now you've righted yourself. But just to see the success you're having, that's got to give you some confidence. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to prove myself that I can do it and prove to everybody else that I got a shot at this and, just doing my best every single time I go out on that field. Okay. What's up with the number 94? I don't know if that's that. That that number is not – that doesn't work for me, Andrew. Does it work for you? <laughs> hey, it's a jersey. I could care less what the number is. I'm out there playing. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a very level-headed way of looking at it. Right, let's do a little bit of your stuff off the field here. I, I'm, I'm creeping on you. It makes me uncomfortable. But I notice your Twitter, you've got 1,244 followers. Instagram, you've got a little bit over 8,000. Now, that ratio is a little bit out of whack. You, I think you need more on your Twitter. You need to be more active over there. What do you, what do you say? Does that bother you, 1,244 on the Twitter to 8,057 Instagram? <laughs> it doesn't bother me at all, truly. I mean, I, I could really care less. I mean, I just want to ha- let my followers know some good things going on in my life and I guess Instagram's mostly. It's pretty simple. It's either a baseball picture or fishing picture. Or Ginger the dog. Who's Ginger the oh, dog? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Ginger. Is that, is that, that sweet girl. Does that weird you out that I know that your dog's name is Ginger and I've looked at a picture of Ginger the dog? I feel a little uncomfortable here, Andrew. Hey, you've done your research. No, <laughs> she's a great pup. She looks like a great pup. What What was your best uh, fishing moment of the offseason? Last time we had you on White Sox Weekly when you got drafted, you, you definitely teed that up as a major passion. Yeah, for sure. Um, shoot, best day on the river this year. Um, 
Well, me and my buddies went up and floated the Eel River, and I think we all caught one fish, and it was just a pretty good day all around. Okay. You learn any new new skills? Are you trying to get better there, too, or you got that one down? Oh, I got to get way better. You can ask my buddies. I got to stop catching the bottom. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't know if I know. I have to learn more of my fishing technology here. I'm not even sure what that means. That means that you, 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 you cast it too far out there or what does that mean exactly catching the bottom you know i was getting unlucky we were fishing with the bobber and i was still snagging on on the rocks on the bottom so i just had my whole game plan off okay okay all right let me let me get back on the field here i read that uh, james mccann is kind of taking you under his wing a little bit is that accurate yeah he's definitely been a guy that i can talk to as being a young guy and he's just been really cool i mean along with all the other guys in the clubhouse, all the veterans, Abreu, Keiko, shoot, Yaz, everybody top to bottom, Gio Gonzalez, just everybody. Yeah, what's everybody this, in here has been cool. Yeah, what's this camp like? I, I mean, everything I read, it's almost feels like a collegiate atmosphere over there. Yeah, everybody's here and they want to win. Does Tim talk to you at all? Yeah, Timmy does a little bit. He'll say hi, and he he's he's, he's a quieter guy. Um and I mean, that's who he is, and he, he'll come out of his shell every once in a while and talk, but he just does his thing. He's very prof- professional about it. Are you putting your personality out into the room, or are you kind of just staying quiet? I mean, I'll talk when I, when I, when I want to talk and when I, when I see fit, but yeah, I'm, I just like to stay to myself. That's how I've always been. I'm a quiet guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw something where you also said you know, you're learning about, quote, going about your business in the right way and being a professional. What, what does that mean to you? Yeah, to me, it just means doing the right things, being in the right places, and just knowing knowing how to be there, I guess. Be where your feet are. Just watching the older guys do it, the veterans, and just how they go about their business, how they get their work in, just everything from top to bottom, just kind of seeing how they do it and just trying to get into the right rhythm and the right flow. Do you see what your manager said about you? Um, I did not. Let me read you this quote, Andrew. Don't now, don't, don't, I don't know. I feel like I'm, this, this could be a little bit, uh, could boost the ego. Quote, his approach is fantastic. He has a really good idea of what he wants to do. He can take it at bat, zone in. His physical approach is really simple. It's clean. It's quick. There's not a whole lot of moving parts. He really understands what his body is capable of doing. He can get to a pitch pretty quickly, but it's consistent. No panic. End quote. That's a nice compliment from your manager right there. Yeah, it's, it's really humbling to hear that from Ricky. And I mean, he's a phenomenal manager, one of the one of the best people I've met around. Uh, the guy's genuine, and he he's really just one of those guys you want to play for. One of those guys you want to get behind and follow his message and and do the thing. Do you? Does it feel natural for you at the plate right now? Like you just said, hey, I've been doing this for a while. There's no reason to complicate things. Yeah, 100%. Just I just want to go out there and be within myself and just do what I know I can do on the field and, and in the box and don't try to do anything more than I can. Yeah. So has Rick Hahn called you up and talked long-term extension? I mean, everyone's getting here one. Everyone's getting one here, Andrew. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not yet, right? No. But it's kind of cool, right, that you got all these guys that are around you that are signed up and are going to be here. On some level, though, you kind of maybe have to think about, well, where do I fit into all of this? Because there's a lot of talent out there. Yeah, there is, and it's it's really cool to see our team, the core of the team, getting locked down, and it's going to be a great organization to be in for a long time. Okay.
Hey, do you have any idea where you'll start this year? Have they told you anything? I haven't heard a thing. Okay, okay. Wherever it is, you're happy to be there and you're going to move forward, correct? That's exactly right. Yeah. Hey, Andrew, it's been fun watching you so far, and I think I, I through this interview, I just got sold on the number 94. Any jersey, <laughs> White Sox on the front, you're good. I, I, I think as a White Sox weekly host, I should be good with that too. So I'm, I'm on board with 94. Thanks for the time, man. Congrats on the fishing success. Congrats on, on Ginger and uh, continued success on the field. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Wrapping up the White Sox talk. How many wins for your Chicago White Sox, Kevin? I'm going uh, 87. I think that's a little over high, but I, I think things come together. I think the pitching staff comes together enough. So I'm going to err on a little. I actually think both teams are winning 87 games. You think the White Sox and Cubs are going to both win 87? Yeah, I think they're going to tie. Is either team going to make the playoffs with 87 wins? Uh, the Cubs will. The Cubs are going to make the playoffs in 87 yeah. wins. All right, I'm going to answer my own question. I have the White Sox winning 91 games wow. this year. I think there's just something. That's a big jump. It's an enormous jump. It's, yeah. it's, it's a 19-game jump, which it seems huge. But everything that's going on down there in the spring, and maybe I'm an idiot, and by yeah. buying into Dallas Keuchel, buying dinner for the entire team and the entire support staff for $125,000, or $25,000, excuse me, not one twenty-five, right. but twenty-five grand, a White Sox mini wedding, so to speak, <laughs> you know, in spring training. Uh, everyone you talk to is just uh, there's a, like a collegiate atmosphere there. Yeah. I, 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 I think the White Sox. What do you think that hinges on? It's all the pitching, yeah. but so so that's what makes me nervous on my prediction there. That I'm right. really, you're, you're, Carm, you really just said that Lucas is going to have a, another huge year, and Cease is going to be as good as he looks in the spring, and Ronaldo Lopez is going to be consistent all season long. Right. I mean, a lot of questions, but I, I'm I, I I'm in I'm in. Socks okay. are going to socks are going to. And your Cubs prediction? Seventy-seven. Whoa! So underperform. I, I think the bull, the bullpen stinks. Yeah, Craig Kimbrell stinks. Um, yeah, so he gave up another home run yesterday. Second one is in many of appearances. You can't win if you don't have a bullpen, man. They're trying to piece it together with right. Jeremy Jeffress, the, <sighs> Rowan Wick. They're acting like he's like this lockdown setup guy. Rowan Wick was a miracle last year. Yeah. You're counting on that guy. The, Danny the, Hulson. Yeah, I, I, they, they didn't do anything for you. Right, right. And so in your fifth starters, Tyler Chatwood. I, I okay, yeah. that's a, that's a huge reach. John Lester's going to be good. I don't see it. So I, I think they'll score, okay. but I don't. I just I, I don't think they have a maybe eighty seven is a little higher near near enough pitching. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be a real rough year for the Cub. All right, let's let's wrap up our final segment. Is your Chicago Bear right? All right, Kevin, just hear me out here. By the way, but you started a Chicago podcast on the Bears, are the last thing you get to. I, I well, you know, it's, this, it, this entire thing should just should have been Bears talk. So yeah, well, we're we're in season here, Bulls and Hawks, and then it's spring training and. I don't know. It felt, it felt off. It did. Yeah, it yeah. did. But so, I so I've, I've done like twenty five things of the uh, twenty five editions of the newsletter, and I think only three have been about the Bears. So I, I should take some of my own medicine. Yeah. Well, I I think you're actually probably right. But but just for this inaugural yeah. version, we're just going to okay. put them, we're going to put them down here. And okay, here's my thing. Mm-hmm. You're Ryan Pace. You blew it more than any general manager in the history has blown it for the. For, you you had you had a guy who's on pace. Who just admitted this week in in Patrick Mahomes that he's finally learning how to read defenses. So he's already been the MVP and won a Super Bowl, and he can't even read defenses. He could actually, I think it's on the table. Even better, yeah. Yeah, that he's even better and goes down top five quarterback of all time. And you passed on him. And you also passed on Deshaun Watson. We all know the story. You drafted Mitchell Trubisky. So how do you get out of this? Well, I think a way out of it is hey, man. 
we love Mitch, but it's very rare when the greatest quarterback of all time is available. And you know what? We think that Mitch can learn a ton here. We're not sure what his future is with with us, but we think that you know it may be here, and he'll learn a ton. And we have a defense that we think is Super Bowl worthy. Right. We have a wide receiver in Allen Robinson that we loved. We're, we're going to add a tight end too, and we think that Tom Brady can take us all the way. So we are, we are, we are, we're going all in on Tom Terrific, and we're signing Tom Brady, and the entire city goes bananas. I think yeah. they would go. It would be, it would be the greatest thing ever. People would go nuts. I just think it would be funny to own a Tom Brady Bears jersey. Right. To have that in your collection would be funny. Where, how are they possibly going to pay Tom Brady? They, they, how are they going to pay Tom Brady and the, t- the tight end you want to get? They, okay, so they have $27 million available now. Yeah. You cut Leonard Floyd. Now you're at $40 million. Tom, here's $30 million <laughs> bucks, dude. What, Tom what, Brady what, comes here, and he's going to be facing the same problems that aren't helping Trubisky at all. Bad offensive line. You know, maybe you get a Hooper out of uh, Atlanta. Yeah, uh, or you draft one. I don't think, and, and, yeah. you, and you add an offensive lineman because the last time the Bears drafted a tight end was so great. Well, I do not want Ryan Pace. I, w- I would rather have Ryan Pace drafting another quarterback than drafting another tight end so you after don't believe, the Adam Shaheen fiasco. But but okay, well, as if at first you you know you fail, you try to succeed, man, or something <laughs> like that. You can't. You can't. If you're going to leave him in the spot, he's got to be. Yeah. Able, I mean, he's got to. Move forward. I like the idea. I think it would be fun. Again. I think Brady is is headed to to Las Vegas. I think that's how that that story ends. I think he wants to pad his four hundred one k. The Raiders have a lot could a lot of money to give him now. If you want to bring in Derek Carr, I to hear I am open to that idea. I think that's a lot better idea. I think that's a lot more doable. You send Mitch on his way. You, you, you admit a mistake, but. Ryan Pace is not admitting this mistake. He is going down with this Trubisky ship. See, but I know he he knows he's he blew it. He's got to know. He's got to figure out a creative way yeah. out and sell it. I don't. I, I just don't. I don't see it happening. And honestly, I, with, with the cap space they have and the situation they're in and the needs they need to, to address, I just don't see who you're going to go out there other than pulling out Derek Carr, which I think is a great idea. Cause I think he could be a good quarterback going forward. We've seen great things from him with the Raiders. And I think is a serviceable enough quarterback. Um, he's probably what you would want Trubisky to be if he improved. Right. Um, but I, I just don't see it. So rather than pay Teddy Bridgewater or pull off a trade for Andy Dalton or, or sign, sign Andy Dalton, they're not going to trade him, trade for him. At least I hope they won't. Um, I, I just think okay, just go forward with Trubisky, see what you have here, and then reset. I think I think they should draft a quarterback. I mean, some, I just saw five Bears fans just drive into a tree. Just go forward, <laughs> just go forward with Mitch. But that's what they're going right to do. Uh, I, if if you're betting, who will it be? Are you betting on Derek Carr? Are you betting on? Because I'm betting on Andy Dalton. I think they're going to trade a fifth round pick for Andy Dalton. Yeah. And and he'll be here for a year. And that's are you are you open to them uh, drafting Jalen Hurts? Dr- oh, sure, absolutely. Yeah. I'm open. I to like it. it. I I I'm at, you want to draft a quarterback? That'd be awesome. Yeah, totally in. You want uh, you, you and go you want back it. at the last ten years of drafts? The Bears have never just taken a chance on a third, fourth, or fifth round guy. I mean, they've they've drafted some some stiffs or whatever. David fails, I think. You know. We had Gardner Minshew on at the Super Bowl, and I and he and he told me the Bears talked to him. He told me that 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 Ryan that um, yeah. Matt Nagy you know had the rapport. He thought he was coming here. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. I mean, 
maybe good, not, you, you don't need a top 10 pick to draft a good quarterback. I right. mean, look, look what the Seahawks got with, with Russell Wilson. I, I actually think they will draft a quarterback yeah. in, 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 as part of the Andy Dalton draft a quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky, 2020 mm. go, looking beyond plan. I, I, I think yeah. you'll see I don't that. know why you don't make, take more shots on that alley, for, I, for sure. Agreed, agreed. Time to bring in my guy, Ethan Blumenthal. It is March Madness, so you have a bracket for us. God, you're you're so good. You're so on point. I got to do what I got to do. March Madness is bracket season. Everywhere you go, State Farm, they're going to be have you know they're going to have a commercial. I guarantee it. There's going to be a bracket involved. You know, Wheaties. There's going to be brackets everywhere. So I figure we we, we kick off uh, this podcast today with a little bracket. Do you have the coronavirus? I don't think so but i was recently told by my dear friend mark carmen that he spoke to Derek pardon who got off the last flight up from italy and i just touched you and so we're yeah but i'm okay do you have the coronavirus i don't know i, I got a headache right now i, think. I didn't sleep well last night and, and now i'm thinking I. maybe i do I, I mean i was up from like three in the morning till six and then i took a nap till till eight and i'm like i gotta go Time to get, get to get the podcast rolling here, but I mean I don't feel good, and and and, oh, and I think I'm okay though. I'm, I'm all right. I'm going. To, I'm going to Mexico uh, on Thursday. Or Are I'm, you really? I'm well. I'm supposed to be going to Mexico. Would you go to Mexico at this at a time like this? You got to live your life. Why not? Right. Okay. Thank you. Well, tell my mother that if you get a chance. What's your mom's name? Linda. Linda. Yeah. Linda. It's all good. Yeah. Let your son be the best son that he could be. He's going. Where are you going to Mexico? Uh, Mexico City. Mexico City. Yeah. Like, for real? Yeah. Nobody goes to Mexico City. I, no well, I'm not. I'm a city kid, man. I grew up on the south side of Chicago. We go to cities. Who goes to Dang Mexico yeah. City? What about Puerto Vallarta? What about a what about a you Cancun? Be, well, here's be a, what I be a tourist. Here's what I said. You know, it's like a five day trip. If we get, you know, they close the borders, you know, and so we can't get back because of the virus, yeah. then you know, just extend the trip and just then then I can maybe go go hang they out could on a close beach. the borders. Yeah, so that sweet. It would be. I mean, assuming that I'm I'm fine. Um, that uh, yeah, yeah, it would be great. I'm, 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 care might not be as yeah. potent as it yeah. is here but we'll, we'll yeah. see we'll see we'll be all, right. all right so we got the march madness bracket what are we doing yeah so i wanted to go chicago sports uh chicago sports players but no no star players no chris bryant's you know no derrick roses just like the guys that the fans really like likable guys that had you know maybe a little impact here and there but just were just solid Cool guys who everyone loved to root for. You love you got Quentin Daly in there for my Bulls time. I don't have Quentin Daly. Orlando Woolridge, no. Elston Turner, no. Now you're just now you're just making it. Throwing names. out my childhood. Yeah. I mean, I'm, that's what. That's. Um, so I think that um, I think we have discussed this before, but we do. We are different ages. A couple, I, yeah, couple, a couple of year difference. I'm Thirty years older than you. Yeah. So, <laughs> but you are my younger cousin. Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> people do often say we look alike. I so mean, we're, we're we, yes, we're, all the time. We have a strong, strong yeah. history together. So I got, I got eight teams. Okay. Um, shall we just, shall we just jump right in? Yeah, please. Yeah. Okay. Um, so as the, the one seed who I think is one of the more popular people in Chicago sports who wasn't very, who didn't have much impact on the court, Brian Scalabrini. Ooh, from the Bulls. That's good. And he's facing off against uh, my guy, the eight seed, Brian Bickle. White Mama versus Bickle? Yeah. So Bickle, as we know, as a lot of people, sports fans know out there, he scored in 2013. He scored the game-tying goal with six seconds left in game six, or like with a minute left in game six, and then they scored a goal 17 seconds later. 
and I mean, won Bickle the Bickle was, was a straight dominator in the playoffs, man. He was huge in the playoffs, but I mean, he was like undrafted and then blah, blah, blah. I mean, t- he's. That's a tough eight seed for Scalabrini. It is well, a tough eight seed, but Brian Scalabrini, I mean, the white mamba, he has his own nickname. What kind of guy who wasn't that good in the NBA or in the professional sport has a nickname that everyone knows? I mean, I, th- I think if the criteria is didn't do anything on the court yet had popularity yeah scalabrini's killing bickle because bickle actually did stuff on the ice yeah he did but who is more popular though who who would who would chicago fans let's just imagine picture this okay where they're just they were at a huge chicago festivity whatever it's it's you know Lollapalooza or something like that and then brian scalabrini walks in or brian bickle who is more noticed People don't even know what Brian Bickle's face looks like. So that's that's the thing. Like how how identifiable is yeah. Bickle? Bickle was huge with dogs. He's done a lot of stuff. Yeah, he's done absolutely. a lot of he's stuff off guy. the ice. Um, Brian's but but Scalabrini's six ten. Yeah. So well, besides talking, that, but just like just like who? Even if they, let's assume that Chicago sports fans recognize exactly who they both are, who gets the bigger ovation? Bigger ovation? Yeah. Bickle. You think so? Yes. Okay. Oh, but I think. So you so you can you trying to convince me now that Bickle's going to take this one? I, I we moving the eight seed is going to be having an upset. I, I, I think we might have an upset All right. here. All right, because it's All just right. it's just there's a sentimentality with Brian Bickle. No, I but hear you. The white. I mean, if you introduce Brian Scalabrini at the United Center, he's sitting there courtside, and they showed Brian Scalabrini. I don't think many people are cheering. They'd be like, eh. All right. If they show Bickle at the UC, he'll get he'll get something. Okay. All right. That's you, probably because right. Bulls fans are asleep. But. Yeah. It's. True. Uh, you've convinced me. Um, so we move on to the 4-5 matchup? Yeah, sure. Let's go 4-5. So the 4-5, five. Five, this is obviously exciting. Um, we yeah. have Tommy LaStella versus Andres Nocioni. Whoa. I mean, that's a big time. This is, you know, this could be Whoa. a finals matchup, honestly. This is a great and, one. Um, so so make your, what do you think? What, what, well, so what jumps out at you when, you when you look at that matchup? I mean, when I think about Tommy LaStella, I think about the play thing that he did at Theo Epstein's parking spot in, in Mesa when he put the whole inflatable in, you know what I'm talking I don't even, about? I don't even know what you're talking about, but I'm excited he, to learn. He did like an inflatable thing that you jump on playpen that kids, okay. and he put it on Theo's spot so okay. Theo couldn't park there. Like something that the kids would get for like their birthday party in the big yeah in the backyard. backyard. In the backyard. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. He, he, a jumpy house. Jumpy a house. jumpy house. Yeah, yeah. A jumpy, okay. a jumpy house. That's, yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> Carm, welcome to yeah, welcome to 2020. Uh, my, we got my, jumpy houses going everywhere, man. He, he went jumpy house on Theo, yeah. whereas Nocioni, mm-hmm. that dude had a straight chant. And I believe my former radio partner, Harry Tynowitz, had a Nocioni song. Um, so, I mean, this dude was getting... Can, his, you, can you sing the Nocioni I, song? I, I'd have to... It was like... It had like some Italian uh, opera, Nocioni. No, I can't sing it. Right. I should I should know that, but <laughs> yeah. I don't. Um, it was like maybe, maybe it was like, no, no, Nocioni. Regardless, I know he had a tune. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nocioni... I don't know. Tommy Lastella comes back to Wrigley now, batting Tommy Lastella. I mean, he, just, get, he gets an ovation. He gets a big ovation. You think he gets a big ovation? So first of all, you know he. So first of all, again, I'm big on nicknames, and he has a nickname. It's 4 a.m. because they say he could wake up in the middle of the night and go hit because he's just a hitter. I like that he's a small guy. I think the size on that. He's a tiny dude. Right, and he just gets up there and he hits. He wasn't a great fielder, you know. He was a pinch hitter. He led. The, he's like the all-time leader in pinch hits. He in, sucked. The Cubs. Easy there, okay. <laughs> Easy there. Uh, and then he had a great year with the Angels, and I was just rooting for right. him as he as right. he as he was going, which was kind of amazing how that yeah. was all going on. He was phenomenal yeah. with yeah. the Angels last yeah. year. Um, 
if we're going like strict crowd reaction, Tommy Lastella, no Sione. Tommy, or Tommy Lastella at Wrigley, right? They say, and now up to bat for the you know the Angels, Tommy Lastella or Andres No Sione just gets like you know uh, introduced at the United Center. This is tough. This is a tough one, but I I think I go with Lastella. Okay, I'm I I'm yeah I go with Lastella too, and I love and I love No Sione, uh, and he was a guy that like just the fact that we know his name from those teams that weren't very good. You yeah. know, I mean that's that says a lot, but we, we got to go with Tommy Lestella. Okay, Lestella cool. is is the winner. Yeah. that's 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 tough for me because Nocioni had his. That was I love that Bulls team. You're talking yeah. about Ben Gordon. You're yeah. talking about Lou Aldang. You're talking about, I believe, was a Captain young, Kirk. Uh, uh, Captain Kirk was of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that that was. I got a lot of playing playing basketball at the the South Side Y. I'm saying 63rd and Stony. Everyone was like, oh, it's Kirk Heinrich because I was the only white guy. But you know, I you I, look I appreciate nothing it. Like I, Kirk I know that, but I was I was white. <laughs> I mean, um, you're closer to Kevin Johnson, old school point guard, <laughs> than you are to Kirk Heinrich. I got uh, I got a lot of Kirk Heinrich and a lot of JJ Redick. JJ Redick was big at that time at Duke. What about and, a Ginobili? You got a little bit of Ginobili in you. See, no one, yeah, no one, no one associated those two things. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. on, the, on the the south side, why? All right, Captain. Um, all right, so uh, it's cool. So now we got our, we have our one semifinal matchup up next. We have the number three seed Tadahito Tadahito Aguchi. Wow, World Series champion. World Series champion versus uh, Glen Allen Hill. Wow, so we got a Cub versus a sock here. I mean, Glenn Allen Hill is is legendary for hitting the house across the street. He hit it on on the roof, yeah. on the roof, and I always was it the roof? It was the roof. He hit it on the roof on that the field and left field, the the building and left field. He hit it on the roof. You sure about I'm that? Sh- look at. I- I don't think he hit I'll the roof. I'll stake everything on it. I'll stake I know he, he hit on the roof. I know he hit the house. And I don't think he hit the roof. He didn't That'd be show, like 800 feet. He, was, he hit the ball 800 feet. He was an enormous <laughs> man. He like didn't look like he swung that hard, and he had throw, showed no motion, and he just was like rock, running around the bases after he just hit an 800-foot home run and just I, no smile uh, and you, just walk around. And he was a guy that I'll always remember from those times, the many years that I that the Cubs were terrible. Glenn Allen Hill was like, oh, that guy's kind of fun to watch. It, it was him and Sammy, pre-steroids. Yeah. And Glenn, yeah. It was yeah. on, oh, and Thank Hunter's, you, Hunter. Hunter's confirming that it was on the roof. And didn't I not just say I would stake everything on it? I would stake my reputation on you, it? You did yeah. say that. I still need to see it, even yeah. though Hunter just confirmed it. The, yeah. dude, the dude hit the roof. All right. Yeah. So And then versus Tadahito. Right. World Series champ. World Series champ. Yeah. It's a tough matchup for Glenn Allen Hill. It is a tough matchup. Tadahito comes back to the south side right now. Tadahito, it's a kind of a big deal. It is a big deal. Glenn Allen Hill shows up at the Cubs convention. I mean, he gets something. He gets an ovation from me, I'll tell yeah. you that much. No, there, there, yeah. there's a certain corner that Glenn Allen Hill owns that Tadahito doesn't. Yeah. Like, there's a specialness to Glenn mm-hmm. Allen Hill. Yeah. And Tadahito is just Tadahito. Right. Like, A.J. Pruszynski recently referenced him. I was like, oh, yeah, Tadahito. Like, I had totally forgotten about yeah. him. <laughs> like, he was like, yeah, right. you know, I see I see Burley, I see Dye, I, I see Creedy. Right. And I and then he's like, the Tadahito, I'm like, you just wow, a Tadahito drop yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, but I think I gotta go Glen Allen Hill. All right. That's I mean, I, I would go Glen Allen Hill as well. Obviously, you know, my my roots are are Chicago Cubs blue, you know, so I, I always lean that way. But um yeah, I'm, let's go Glen Allen Hill. I mean he, he hit the ball on the freaking roof. He hit the ball on the roof. Glen Allen Hill. All right. And All right. just the unique look of a Glen Allen Hill. Uh yeah, right? Yeah. Uh big dude. Um, for sure on steroids though, but either way. Uh, all right, at the number two seed, we have Nikolai Javibulin. I don't know if he was on steroids. I just want to put yeah, that Yeah, yeah, we don't know anything. Yeah, yeah, we have no idea. Uh, versus the number seven, Dwayne Wise. Wow. So, Javibuski made yeah. the list? 
Hobby Boost, you made the list. I'm yeah. a, I think I'm the only one that maybe calls some Hobby Boost. No, I like it. I'm. I know people are going to start. People get nicknames, and that's how people remember them better. Yeah, Hobby Boolin, Hobby Booski. Now, of course, uh, I remember Dwayne Wise. Dwayne Wise's catch. Dwayne Wise's catch. Yeah, right the, to save the Burley no hitter. Along, perfect game. Along with Hawk Harrelson's call, mm-hmm. the perfect game. He's. I mean, he's he's on a mural at. Uh, U.S. Cellular Field, now yeah. guaranteed rate field, once was Comiskey Park. Uh, this is tough. It's big but, time. You know, my, my but, brother. But, I mean, Hobby Booski was, was something, but that was pre the Hawks really getting it done. I mean, he was a Blackhawk from 05-06 to uh, 08-09. So it, was, he, uh, it was before people cared about the Blackhawks right, in the city. Right, I mean, I mean, they were starting to care in 08-09, uh, but then, you know, he missed out on the cut. I, I mean, right. I, I think you got to go Wise. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean a, it's a huge catch, and we all remember it. Yeah, I and mean, Dwayne Wise walks into U.S. Cellular Field, he gets a pretty big ovation. He gets, people remember that. I mean, people remember that moment. You, well, Hobby Bullen gets probably nothing. And, yeah. And Wise gets a yeah. couple of claps. Yeah. Dwayne Wise! Yeah. All right. But, right. Yeah, so no, I, I, right. I, I think we got to give it to all Dwayne. All right, so we'll go, we'll go Wise there. The, the, the bottom half of the bracket, I think, was probably a little weaker than the top half of the bracket. So it's Wise versus who? Wise versus yeah. Hill? Yeah, so we can go back up there. So we'll go Wise versus Hill in the, in the semifinals. <sighs> That's tough. You got, you got the great Glenn Allen Hill. And everything that he brought to the table. Do you remember the number on Glen Allen Hill? Was it six? I think the, it was six. His, his, his the actual number? number that he wore. I. It was I, six. That's impressive because Thank I was you. gonna guess a number between one and a hundred. I didn't know. Um, I, yeah, uh, Hunter. Hunter apparently he, has, he went to Hunter's High School. Has Glen Allen Hill jersey which is crazy which further cements glenn allen hill but i think i actually have to go Dwayne wise wow see this is i'm going to be split here because i got to go glenn allen hill that only further impacted me when hunter just said that he went to his high school well let me try and to, he's got his jersey that's big but you know how much impact should hunter have on this vote uh, i don't know if that well know, he is of course our, our leader and and taking us to the, to the mountaintop yeah. here but i mean this is a chicago podcast hunter did not grow up here i, I don't know yeah but all the more reason he still had yeah <laughs> That's true, and neither did Dwayne Wise. I'm guessing, but so but Dwayne Wise, he's he's sort of uh, you know the fabric of this city. I what, think it's tough yeah, to knock he, him off. What else? There. What else did he do? And that's not a that's come the to whole come point. I mean, he sucked. Yeah, he, it was he was a defensive outfielder, but he but yeah. he he did nothing. But he but like Dwayne Wise will always be remembered. Wise, like he's Dwayne Wise is also a cool name. I it think. is a good. I name. think it's a good sport name. But Glen Allen Hill. I mean, the three names. That's also unique. You know, it's just something. Glen Allen Hill. And, yeah. If it was Glen Hill. Like, who cares? But Glen Allen Hill. And the Cubs continue to invite him back to Cubs conventions, and like, it's like there's a lot of guys that they don't invite back, and he still gets in there. So you're going wise. I think I go. I'm going to go Hill. How do we decide? This? I don't. I don't know. Um, should we rock paper scissors? Uh, we Whoever gets the coronavirus best first of, loses. Best of, best of one rock paper scissors. Okay. And you go rock, paper, scissors, shoot. One, two, three, shoot. Yeah, rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Yeah, ready. Ready. Yeah. Rock, rock, paper, paper scissors, shoot. shoot. Rock, rock, paper, scissors, shoot. shoot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, don't touch me, coronavirus. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So we, Wayne, got, we got, got wise. We got wise moving on. That was um, a big moment in my career. That was big. And I honestly embarrassed that I lost that way. And I knew it was coming. And I just got in my head. I, I, got in my head. I, 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 I got right in my head. I, yeah. I, I, it's, it told me to do yeah. scissors on the first one. And Damn. Then it told me to do rock. Yeah. Normally I would double, I would, I would, I would second guess myself, but here I was confident. Karm. Yeah. I thought I was Karm. in, I thought I was in your head and you were in my head. I was definitely, you were not yeah. in my head. I yeah. was with me. It was me All and right. me. All right. So now the other semifinal, we got Bickle versus Listella. Oh, it's tough. 
I mean, Brian Bickle has has overcome a ton. He's a Stanley Cup champion, and he's got he's got uh, he's got MS. He's got MS. Yeah, and and he, and he takes care of dogs. Beautiful dog wife. Foundation. Has given back so much to the city. But again, I, I think his, his his accomplishments play against him here. Tommy Lastella did nothing. <laughs> He he, I think he. I'm sure he had a couple of like late inning RBIs. Right, he'd have an occasional pinch. Yeah, i.e., he did nothing. Yeah, but yet has a place in Chicago history. So I think I got to go with Stella. Wow. Okay. See, I'm gonna go. I got to go with Bickle. Wow. Yeah. I was big. I mean, you know, you convinced me in Bickle, you know, over Scalabrini. Now, now I'm on the Bickle train. I mean, he did do something, and he's right on the cusp of. He's not. Wasn't definitely wasn't a star, but he did do something. And he, you know, you got the dog thing. You got the, the health issues. A lot of it. A lot of a lot of lot there going there. All right. I. I, I and I love Lestella, and I love Lestella. No one loves Tommy Lestella more than I do. Brian Bickle at the United Center. Tommy Lestella. Bickle's going to get more cheers. That's true. I mean, but, I would but, 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 I would cheer loudly for Tommy Lestella. But I, 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 and in fact, I was down in spring training last week. And we went to an Angels game, yeah, specifically to see as like a well, as a, as a Joe Madden, you know, Tommy Lestella. But when Tommy Lestella got up here, we were with I was with about you know seventy five uh, Cubs fans, and Tommy Lestella got a got a nice ovation from our group of fans. And it wasn't a Cubs game; it was a Angels versus Padres. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's spring training, yeah. and and people are in yeah. a good mood. They, Lest- they are. Lestella shows yeah. up at, at Wrigley. Yeah. I'm not so certain. All right. But I listen, I, I, I voted Lestella. Okay. So I I'll mean, go so, on Lestella and then we gotta we gotta decide it again. No, I think because I won the last one, okay. I think you get this one. I All think right. that so I go think Bickle? This feels more fair. Yeah, Bickle right. advances. I I defer. Now we have Bickle versus Dwayne Wise. Bickle versus Dwayne, Dwayne Wise, Wise to win the, the title fight. The March Madness to Windy City podcast, yeah. no real criteria yeah. for this game bracket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot at stake. Though. What are we trying to, well, this is <laughs> an enormous amount stake. of stake. Yeah, yeah. What, what are we trying to decide right now? Who is the most, um, who is the Chicago athlete of the last however many years that um, wasn't a star player, but would is would rise the, the popularity of his name? Is huge and and much more I'm, so than than his ability on the field. I mean, I really think we had it with Tommy Lestella. I think that was the answer. So, yeah. but, but you but you took him out of there. So now Wise versus versus Bickle. I think you got to go Wise. I mean, I'm going Bickle. I gotta go. You gotta go Bickle. Now it's my guy. I gotta I gotta fight for. So him. you think the eight seed rallied stunningly past yeah. who was the one seed? Uh, Scalabrini. He rallied past Scalabrini. He inched his way. Yeah. Past La Stella, and now the man who saved the perfect game, Carm in attendance. Were you there? I was there. My brother, my brother was there as well. I, I was there. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. I hey, listen, Brian Bickle, you're you're a, you're a hero. He's been on this pot. He's been in the studio for Fansided. That there's there's yeah. that. I did an interview once with him as well at, right. the, uh, at a Saturday Night Live exhibit. He so, was awesome. So we got all sorts of bias yeah. going on here. But so yeah. Brian Bickle is our winner, man. Yeah, let's do it. Congrats. What do we? What? What does he get, Carm? Uh, you know, for Brian Bickle, he gets so many things. And and mm. and, and, and I, mean, I mean, what does he get as, as the winner of this? Our uh, admiration. Our, our admiration. Our admiration. Is there anything else anyone would want? I probably not. Yeah, I, I'm going to give him. Uh, I'm going to not give him two tickets to the Northwestern basketball game where Derek Pardon was at from Italy, and I shook his hand, and now I might have the coronavirus. And now everyone in this office has, has coronavirus, including myself. I apologize. <sighs> We're all going to be good. Everybody's yeah. feeling good. Pardon feels great. I feel moderately okay. 
You have a but great. But Brian Bickle feels amazing. Brian Bickle is our champion. Yeah. You have a great trip to Mexico. I will. Congrats to Brian Bickle. Follow Kevin on Twitter, by the way, as we say goodbye here. Kevin Kada, K A D U K. And of course, read the Midway Minute, Midway Minute dot win for the victory. Kevin, great to be with you. Thank you, sir. Thank you for coming in. Thank you to our guy Ethan Blumenthal as well for his outstanding contribution. The Windy City Podcast coming out every week. Like, subscribe, tell a friend. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.